Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks, and welcome today to our midweek Bible study called Morning Glory. I'm so happy that you're here. Why don't you take your Bibles, and uh, today it's very easy for you to find your Scripture. Let's go to uh, Genesis chapter 1, and take a look today at verse 1. We want to talk about how vision adds value to everything. I want to explain that, and uh, we'll jump into this today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank You for Your Word. As we jump into Your Word, let Your Word jump into us, and let Your Holy Spirit illuminate it, so that we can take it and walk in faith today, and walk in the same creative anointing that You do, and producing amazing things. Father, we praise You. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise God. Well, before I read Genesis uh, 1, let me say thank you to everybody that just sent in such special things for my birthday, uh, birthday cards, uh, some of you sent financial offerings, uh, some of you sent gift cards, uh, whatever the gift was, and uh, some of you even sent other things outside of that. I want to say thank you. It really touched my heart, and uh, such generous, generous uh, expressions of love. I really appreciate it. And every card was viewed and read. Uh, every gift was received with thanksgiving. And so thank you for honoring me on my birthday. Praise God. Now, today we're in Genesis 1, uh, verse 1, in the beginning, God created. So we're going to touch today on that creative realm, that creative anointing. God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. Let me say that again. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Now, this, this is very interesting. We see here that God is working. God is creating. Uh, the, the creation goes on throughout the first chapter. We really see that when it's all done, the Lord has finished basically his creative work pronounces it good, and it really is good. So he's done with his creative part. But really, when God finished his creation, our creative work, your creative work, my creative work actually was just beginning. God did his part, and he set the example. But now we also have things to do that involve us finishing the things that we are also anointed to create. And I, I believe God does this so that we can enjoy the same satisfaction, the same inner wonderful feeling of what it's like to take something through the creative process, maybe from something that was abstract to concrete, something that was just an idea to a finished product. There's something very, very uh, wonderful about that, and that's what God experienced on a great level. He allows us to experience it as well. Um, here in our internet studio on the back wall, uh, there's actually a very large wall mural that was that was painted there. It's a, it's a painting of a beautiful mountain scene with uh, snow-capped mountains and 
uh, an eagle flying through the air and evergreen trees growing on the side of the mountain. Uh, there's uh, uh, there's a, a body of water that flows down at the bottom of the mountain and uh, has a little island in the center with large uh, Douglas fir pine trees growing on it. Very, very beautiful. Now, I've had people uh, visit the, the facility here, and they've asked me, uh, Pastor Stephen, uh, what mountain range is that? Or what mountain is that? Well, um, it's just a mountain that came out of the imagination of the artist that we brought in and just turned him loose and said, uh, and said, look, paint something amazing. He's actually done the portraits for a lot of the uh, NASCAR drivers. And we just said, William, paint something that's that's like that high mountain, uh, make you feel good uh, type mountain mural, and he did. And this, it's not it's not something from the Rockies. It's not something from the, Him the Himalayas. It's something that just came out of his mind. And you know, uh, Pastor Kelly, she would say, "Hey, uh, William, give me another pine tree over here. Or give me a give me another ridge on the mountain over here, or something like that. Give me another mountain back behind that mountain, layered in the background." So a lot of detail, but that just all came out of his imagination as he stood before just a blank wall, nothing on it but white paint, a base layer, and then he just began to go to work and do. Uh, what he is gifted to do in that area of creating. So also in the same way, you can take something that's a blank canvas, go to work on it, and with vision, you can already see what that thing is supposed to be. So even before you've made a change, even, even if it's a plain wall, just the vision that you're going to put a picture on that has already added value to that wall. Um, I have a minister friend, he's a very well-known evangelist, and what a lot of people don't know is that before he was in the ministry full-time, he, he was a really good chef. And, but not all, he, he had a very unusual anointing. Not only was he a really good chef, but he also had the ability to carve these ice sculptures. So that's kind of an unusual combination. Usually if you're a really good chef, you're so focused on that, you, you don't do anything else. But um, he was just so good at ice sculptures that he would uh, he would squeeze he would squeeze in the carvings as well, along with doing all the cooking. So uh, one time he was standing in front of this big block of ice, and uh, a gentleman walked by and and said uh, said to him said What are you doing? He said uh, He said Well, I'm looking at this, I'm looking at this, and I'm just trying to figure out how to get this eagle free from this block of ice. And the man said What eagle? And my friend uh, Tim, he said, he said, you can't see that eagle in there? And the man said, I, I don't know what you're talking about, just a block of ice. Tim said, well, come back in three hours. <laughs> so the guy comes back in three hours, and there's this gigantic, you know, like a five-foot-tall eagle carved out of a solid block of ice. And, of course, it was on display that evening for this big event. And then, and then uh, you know, Tim jumps right back into the kitchen and, and starts cooking all the food. Um, but, you know, uh, amazing. You, you have to be able to, to envision it. And God gives you that, the, that ability in your anointing or in your area or in something that would be a desire of your heart. But the moment that you vision it, you add value to it. It's no longer just a block of ice. It's, a, it's an eagle with his wings spread. Uh, with talons reaching out. Uh, so instantly, it's already got value the moment that you begin to envision what you're going to create, what you're going to do here. So really, God gave us a world that is unfinished, 
uh, we know that God finished the creation, but it's unfinished also in some other areas because we're supposed to add uh, our flavor. We're supposed to add our part. So he gave us a world that is unfinished so we might share in the joys and satisfaction of creating something that we have envisioned. Now, I like verse 2 because it mentions here the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Uh, the earth is, it has no set form. Uh, it's, it's void of so many of the things that are now there because God created them out of nothing. Uh, the same thing. You may have areas that are uh, void and without form, but the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that was involved when the Father, the Son were working on this creation, the same Holy Spirit, you know, hovering over you with the idea with the color scheme. I mean, you're already starting to get it. It's still raw. It's still rough. It, it might not, it might not have any, uh, uh, how can we say anything that you look at it right now that gives you any kind of an idea of what it's going to look like in three weeks, but already the spirit of God hovering over you, you're like, I'm going to transform this thing and I'm going to make this thing into my garden of Eden. I'm going to make this thing into my world the way I want it to be touching the creative anointing. Praise God. Um, by the way, Genesis chapter one, verse 31 says, then God saw everything that he had made. And indeed it was very good. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day, thus the heavens and the earth and all the host of them were finished. Yes. Yeah, so they're, they're finished. God did, did his job. Now he's going to take the seventh day off and rest the Sabbath rest. Uh, of course, whenever you finish a, a major project, you also should take a break, uh, sit back and enjoy the work that you have done with God's grace and God's help. And uh, thank God for it. Praise God for it. It really is. The whole thing is just a real, a real joy. So the Lord finished it, but you still have a part to play. Well, Pastor Stephen, I thought you just read that God finished the, finished the earth. Well, if, if God finished it fully in the sense that we don't have any part to do with it, if God finished it, where are the golf courses? See, God finished it. God gave you even raw material to work with. And, you know, if somebody's going to build a golf course, they want to find ideally something that has the topography, that will have the natural beauty, that they could just take what's already really good to lead off with and then just turn it into something too amazing like the Pebble Beach golf course that people around the world know I don't even play golf and I look at pictures of that and I think you know I'd just like to walk around there I'd like to walk on the golf course why why do people go to golf courses one of the reasons is because they're so pretty so not, not so much to play golf but just to be in an atmosphere an environment where something has been taken uh, and has been transformed. Maybe there was a forest there. Maybe there was um, bushes or weeds or briars growing. And somebody cleaned it all up. Somebody designed it. Somebody laid it out and made it into something beautiful. And sure, you could have had a majestic coastline to work with. You could have had some uh, nice backdrops to work with. But still, you've got to go in there with earth-moving equipment. You've got to go in there with uh, landscaping, hardscaping. You have to do all of that. So God did His part. But see, we still have to do our part in order to create. So it's unfinished from the perspective of we have something to do as well. Uh, what about houses? It says in Genesis chapter 2, verse 1, that God finished everything and took a, he took a day off. Well, if God finished everything, where are the houses? 
oh he did his part he's done but we have to do our part why we have to live in a house so we have to create a house and so there's there's something for you to do and on and on it goes what about roads well you know uh, uh, God I thought you finished all the work uh, well God did his part but if we want to get around comfortably instead of just walking through a jungle we need to start building some roads and really uh, the the king of the road making uh, the, the breakthrough technology for roads really began with the Romans and that also was a very timely thing because when Jesus was born um, all of this was going on with the Roman Empire they had developed roads to a level that had never been developed before to the to the point that if you go around Israel and even walk through old Jerusalem there are stones that are still there that were laid by the Romans 1900, 1700, some even 2000 years ago. These gigantic paver stones, and uh, some of them are so slick and smooth, especially when it's rainy. But um, they developed pavers, and in some ways, pavers even outlast concrete because pavers won't crack and so forth. But you know, uh, God didn't build roads. We have to do the roads. So God finished His creative part. But we have a lot of things to do as well. I believe in your own life there's a lot of things uh, that you have that uh, are going to involve your creative nature. So, you know, you think about Adam. God created Adam, put him in the, put him in the garden. Well, after walking around in the garden and seeing everything that's so amazing and all of the animals and all of the, uh, you know, all of the wonderful places to, you know, all the trees, all the things to eat, uh, you know what? After a while, Adam probably wanted to sit down. Lord, where's the chair? Lord, there's no chair. There's no lazy boy recliner. Where's it at? Well, uh, Adam, you're going to have to make that. I, God's basically saying, I finished my part. Now, if you want that, now is your part to be creative, and you make something uh, that makes you happy. So there's a lot to do in this area of envisioning something, and then the moment you do that, it adds value because you're going to walk it out and you're going to see that it's completed all the way through. Praise God. So vision literally adds value to everything. Praise the Lord. Now you, you might ask the question, why? Why is that, Pastor Stephen? Because it allows you to not just see it for the way it is, but to see it for what it can become. Again, why does vision add instant value to everything? Okay, it does it because it allows you to not just see it for the way it is, but to see that thing for what it can become. Praise the Lord. So you add value the moment that you have a vision. Okay, so think about these different areas you can touch with creative power. Um, what about your own body? You can, you can look at yourself in the mirror and perhaps you want to make an adjustment. Um, if you're, if you're skinny, maybe you want to add some muscle. If you're maybe heavy set and you want to tone down a little bit, you can make an adjustment there too. But see, it starts with a vision and you, you visualize what you want to do. Well, the moment you've done that, you've added, you've added value from the perspective, like I'm going to enhance this situation. You know, um, you know, I, I drink a lot of coffee. If, if I don't brush my teeth with some kind of a toothpaste that's got a little bit of a whitener in it, anybody that drinks coffee, your teeth are going to go yellow. 
Don't don't look at me funny. You know that's true. And same thing with tea. A lot of I, I know everybody in England. They love their tea. And uh, if you don't get some uh, some strong toothpaste, you're going to have yellow teeth. And if you don't believe me, just look at all the TV shows back in the 1970s before they started adding whitener to all the toothpaste. So um, it's it's nice that we can we can have things like this. But you can just look and you can think I can make an, I can make an improvement. And the moment you get that vision, you've added value. Praise God. Maybe value to your smile. Instead of yellow teeth, now they're white. You just added some value. <laughs> Woo, glory to God. Amen. So different things. You could go in your backyard of your house and you can say there's nothing back here. Uh, it's just it's just, you know, dead grass or, you know, uh, you know, just a small fenced in area. But if you get a vision, you could instantly begin to add value because you think you can think, you know, I've got I think I've got room for a pool back here. I'm going to I'm going to build a saltwater pool. I'm going to have a, a pool team come in here and I'm going to have a nice pool. And so if, if you really get into that vision and that's something that you're going to carry out just right off the bat, you've added you've added value. Now, I know, you know, they say, if you ever want to sell your home, a pool doesn't really add to the value of your house. So in a sense, you know, you're not really getting your money out of that. But at the same time, it will help your house sell. You might not get the money back out of it, but absolutely it'll bump your house up. Uh, if you've got a pool back there, especially if it's uh, a family looking to buy a home, what kid doesn't get excited about a pool? But the bottom line is uh, resale value or not, if you want a pool, Praise God, get yourself a pool. But see, it starts with what? A vision. And the moment you get a vision for that, the value is already being added. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So you can just work in these different areas. Kitchen remodel. Kitchen remodel. The moment you get a vision, you know what? We're going to get rid of this laminate countertop. We're going to get some stone in here, whether it's granite or quartz. Uh, you know, uh, just uh, what woman doesn't want a nice kitchen? Glory to God. I, I know a man might not be too much into the kitchen, but uh, maybe, maybe a guy wants, you know, his man cave or the garage or something like that. But ladies, uh, a lot of ladies like to cook. And, uh, you know, you want a nice kitchen. Well, get a vision. Get a vision, you know, and just think, I'm going to upgrade these countertops and get a vision for it. And, uh, you know, go out and, and, and visit and look, look and touch the different samples. You might be surprised what's out there. And just get a vision for it. The moment you do that, you're, you're, you're beginning to add value because uh, the kitchen, if you remodel that kitchen, uh, it will definitely add value to your home. Praise the Lord. Now, of course, somebody might say, well, Pastor Stephen, that's kind of irrelevant. I'm living in an apartment right now, so what can I do about that? Well, you need to have a vision then for, your, for owning your own home. Remember, it says in Scripture that my people will spread out through prosperity. My people will spread out through prosperity. Well, that, that kind of reminds me of what Margaret Thatcher said years back, the, you know, the Prime Minister of England, when they were trying to build all these ugly, massive apartment buildings to put thousands of people in these ugly, ugly, concrete, gray structures. Margaret Thatcher said the people don't want those ugly, hideous things. They want houses. People want their own houses. But the atheist, socialistic architects said, no, we must 
put all the people into this so they all have a utilitarian mindset so they're all just become like big cogs in the wheel and they become like machines and they built those ugly things in the day nobody wants to live in them a lot of them are abandoned a lot of them are just covered with graffiti why nobody wants to live in gross ugly architecture you you would prefer to have your own place well, Pastor Stephen, what am I supposed to do about that? Sure, I would like that. Well, if you're living in an apartment, you know, go online. There's house plans, e-plans, you know, and all of these house plans and just thousands of them. I mean, you go to some of these uh, websites that have all these house plans. Some of them have over 10,000 house plans. So you can just find the kind you like, whether it's Victorian style or Craftsman style or Italian style or Tuscany style or French Chateau or on and on it goes, French country, whatever you like. But just look and just get a vision. Because the moment you get a vision, you're beginning to add value to your future. And then, you know, you look and look, you might find a house plan that eventually you like, and just you'll step out in faith and buy it. You know, if it's $1,500 or, you know, some of them are $700 for an entire blueprint set of house, you know, for your house plan. Now, now you've got a vision. And not only that, you can hold, you can hold those blueprints in your hand. Now you've, you've got a, that vision woo, is detailed. How about that? So the, the moment you do things like that, you're adding value. You're adding value. Praise God. And Psalm 112, also verse 3, says that wealth and riches will be in your house. Ooh, glory to God. That's, that's the vision working, and you're adding value. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. So many different ways that this can be released in your life. So use your vision. Um, look at not so much as what is there as instead of what it can become. What can you transform it to? What has God given you? What can you step into that you can take and say, I'm going to make this beautiful. I'm going to make this the way that I would have always dreamed that it could be. See, you've got to have a dream if you're going to make a dream come true. If you've, you've got to have a dream in order to make a dream come true. Woo, praise God. So you have to have a vision. You have to have a vision. You have to see it for what this thing can be. You know, it was a few years back that they had what they called one of these barn finds of the century. You know, where people uh, maybe put things in a barn or put things in a garage and something happens uh, where it's kind of forgotten and it's locked up for decades and decades. Well, uh, it was in, I think it was in 2009. Yes, it was in 2009 with this man. He was... 80, I think he was, uh, yes, here's my little notes. He was 89 years old, and he passed away. He's 89 years old, and he passed away in England. And so the, the will passes on to the family to get the inheritance. Nobody really knew what he had, though. So there was this garage that had not been opened for over 50 years. Wow. Well, uh, the nephew... And I think the niece, they were the ones in, that went into the garage and were kind of cleaning the garage out thinking, well, you know, I hope he didn't leave us a bunch of junk. But uh, it was kind of looking like that, a bunch of junk, just everything covered with dust. And after all, if it was valuable, why would it be, why would it be abandoned and just covered with dust? Well, they start, you know, moving things around and looking around, and they see this old uh, vehicle in the corner but it looks like it has no worth because it's completely covered over with dust. But 
that vehicle actually turned out to be a 1937 Bugatti uh, 57S Atalante, which was the pinnacle of the Bugatti uh, old car. And that old car was worth $8.5 million. Wow. Well, I, you know, a person could look at that and say, it's just a piece of junk. Let's call the salvage yard and have them come up and just, you know, pick this thing up and haul it off for scrap. But, uh, you know, vision, vision says, hold on, this dusty, let's, let's wash it off. Let's take it outside, wash it off and see what we have. Oh, well, this, this could be something here, but see vision gives you ability to add instant value. Ooh, hallelujah. So you, you have to look sometimes not the way that thing is. What if we clean it up? Do we really need to throw it out? Or can it be, can it just, can we get some new parts for it? Or, you know, all of these things, vision, vision to be able to see. My wife loves going to garage sales. She loves going to antique stores. Why? She has a different vision than I do. When I go there, I just, that's not really my thing. I go because I like her to be happy. So it makes me happy to see her happy. So I just kind of hang out. To me, it's just a bunch of junk, <laughs> you know, just old goofy stuff that I, I wouldn't keep. I just throw it all away. But there are some people that are really into that, whether it's garages, uh, whether it's these uh, swap meets or, or antique th uh, places and stuff like that. But my wife, she finds some amazing things. She, she finds some stuff that once it's kind of cleaned up, spruced up, I'm like, wow, I, 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 never, I never would have seen that. So we all have different vision, and we can, we can take that vision or see that thing, and there can be restoration, and there's instant value added to it the moment you see potential in it. Glory to God. And I've talked a lot about things, but also there's people. You know, you could see a person that, um, you know, uh, could have great potential. Well, you know, it, it may take some work usually does. It can take training, working with the person's mind, helping them to get their mind renewed, pointing them in the right direction so they can get the help they need. But you know, a little while down the road, wow, you know, there, there's no telling what uh, can come out of that. And you pour into that, then, uh, you know, just give that some time and people can turn around and just, and just begin. It's just like, boom, all of a sudden they start to flourish. And everything you've, you've helped them with begins uh, to blossom, and then their lives become beautiful. Well, that's what happens when we put the Word of God into people, when we're patient with people, when we love people, when we pray for people, and we just maybe see beyond uh, current uh, character flaws, current weaknesses. And the, because the bottom line is, most people are working on things. When I say that, I'm talking about things that maybe be uh, more obvious things that can't be hidden. Uh, we're all working on our walk with the Lord, but sometimes people just have things that are just, you know, you could just see that that person could use some help, some help in that area. Maybe it's their language, maybe it's their personality, maybe they're just kind of like rough or, or something like that. Well, you know, it's just, it's just allowing the Lord to work, allowing the Lord to work. Glory to God. Vision. Vision adds value. Um, one night, it was a cold winter night, and my wife was working in her office at the church. I was, I was, uh, I was doing something in another part of the building, and um, my wife heard a noise at the door. It was in winter time. It was late at night, and it was way below freezing. She heard a noise at the door. Uh, some kind of a noise. She couldn't understand what it was. And she went and, you know, kind of carefully opened the door. When she opened the door, three little puppies ran in. 
And uh, Kelly was like, wow, what is this? Well, they were stray puppies. And they ran in and uh, went straight into uh, Kelly's office. She has the, the main administrative office. They went into her office. And one of them, one of them was very, very, how can I say, super loving, super sweet. And um, it, it's just, it just seemed like an unusual dog. Very, very beautiful, too, as a puppy. And so we took, we took the other two to um, one of the local kennels here so that those two can find a, uh, you know, a, a home and somebody could adopt them. But we decided, Kelly basically decided, I'm keeping this one. And she had the vision. I didn't really have the vision for that, for the dog. I just thought, well, you know, we've already got, you know, too much going on. The last thing we need to do is add, a, add another pet. But Kelly just saw that this dog is something special. And then Abigail came in, our daughter, she saw the puppy also and, and said, oh, this dog is beautiful. Well, I didn't really see it. I just thought it's just a puppy. You know, I'm busy and not really also that emotionally tied up with the puppy. But I tell you what, we got that dog cleaned up, got the dog shots, um, because the dog had all kinds of, you know, little problems, you know, uh, for just running wild on the streets. And so got it all cleaned up, got it shots and stuff like that. And today, it's been years now, today that that dog was just so beautiful that whenever, uh, you know, I've, I've taken the dog to the kennel uh, where, where she stays when we travel on trips, and uh, people say, uh, Stephen, what kind of a dog is that? That is an absolutely uh, just beautiful dog with the most loving personality, but she's a mix of uh, several different breeds, but that dog has brought so much happiness to our family, uh, but that's the vision. Kelly had that. She had a vision of love and could see somehow that this is a very special little puppy, and she'll grow up and be a blessing to many people, and she has. Just um, This would be the kind of dog that you could take to the hospital that just is soothing the people. That uh, It's like a pet. You know, they have those dogs. They take them to hospitals, and that way people in the hospital, they could just pet the dog. It, 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 sure, it makes the dog happy, but it, it gives like a therapy to the person. Well, that's the kind of dog this is, just happy all the time. <laughs> I never would have saw it coming. And um, very, very sweet. But vision, the moment there's the vision, boom, value is added to that thing. Glory to God. Well, let's talk a little bit more about this. You need to be the person who sees the invisible. When you see the invisible, now you can begin to do the impossible. When the vision is clear, you must begin to speak it out to yourself, and I would encourage you to speak it out often. Let me show you something here. I want to take you into uh, one of the hidden mysteries of creation. This is one of the hidden mysteries of creation. This is the way God does it. Uh, I want you to see that. Knowing that this is God's format, His His method, there's really no need to try to reinvent the wheel. So let's take a look at this for a moment. This is one of the hidden mysteries of creation. And you find it in verse 3. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. So there, there is the speaking. Then God said, okay, so he's seen this blank canvas. He sees the earth. doesn't have any, uh, any form. Uh, it's, it's void of any type of uh, creative touch. And so he's got the blank canvas, and he goes to work. How? He spoke. Okay, and so that's what you're going to do also. You have the vision, but when that vision begins to crystallize and form, 
it's just it's going to want to come out of your mouth and you need to follow that spiritual law and go ahead and speak in agreement with the vision you can't just have the vision without having the speaking or else it's just going to always remain something distant but you're going to have to begin to also speak that's what God did then God said let there be light and there was light verse 6 then God said let there be a firmament and uh, of course there was verse 9 then God said let the waters under the heavens be gathered together so he's saying he's saying verse 11 then God said let the earth bring forth grass verse 14 then God said let there be lights in the firmament verse 20 then God said let the waters abound with an abundance of living creatures verse 24 then God said let the earth bring forth the living creature according to its kind verse 26 then God said let us make man in our image so my, my friends this is the way the Lord does it and you need to work it the same way I, I'll say it like this there must be declarations before there are manifestations. Well, Pastor Stephen, once there's a manifestation, then I'll make my declaration. Well, no, 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 hold on just a moment. If there is a manifestation, you don't need to declare anything. There it is. In other words, it doesn't, it doesn't take any faith to declare something that's already there. I declare that there's a table here. Well, it's already in manifestation. I don't need to declare that. It doesn't take any faith to do that. There's no need to do that. You declare something because it's not yet in manifestation. And so that represents faith. That, that is one of the works of faith is your speaking. Praise God. So declarations before manifestations. In other words, you have the vision. It's crystallized. You see it and you're into it, God's behind it, the wind of the Spirit is in your sail, and just let it come out of your mouth. I'm going to do this. This is happening. This is going on. I'm going to do this. Praise God. Just let it come out of your mouth. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So engage in the same strategy that God used. Creative vision combined with anointed speaking. Praise God. Again, the creative vision, you see it. You see it, what it's going to be before it's already done. You see that you see it. So the vision, and then you combine that with that anointed speaking. Yep, you say things like, Yep, it's going to happen. It's taking place. It's going, it's going on. Praise the Lord. And God's with me. This thing will be completed in the name of Jesus to the glory of God. Woo! And when you do that, your faith goes boom, boom, higher, stronger, stronger. Why? That's just the way it works. That's the way God designed it to work. Even Jesus commented on it himself with the classic statement of Mark chapter 11, verse 22. Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. For surely I say to you, Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says, whatever he beads, whatever he pleads and begs for. No, it doesn't work like that. No, he will have whatever he says. Mm, vision. Visualize it. You got it. The vision is now clear. Now say it. Hallelujah. 
This mountain's moving in the name of Jesus. Woo! Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That's how you work it. That's how you work it. This is the, uh, the mystery behind the creation. Visualizing and then speaking. Praise God. Even the Apostle Paul also uh, spoke along this line. Romans chapter 10 verse 10. For with the heart one believes. Okay, so faith in your heart. Okay, with the heart one believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth, woohoo, not your toe and not your elbow. But with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So you believe it in your heart, but you don't stop there. Pastor Stephen, I believe. I believe that Jesus is the Savior of the world. I believe that He rose from the dead on the third day. Good. Don't stop there. Confess Him as your Lord. Well, I don't know if I want to do that. Well, then stay unsaved. Because if you really believe it, now call upon His name. Call upon His name. Use your mouth and tie in to eternal life. Woo! Glory to God. Hallelujah. You believe it in your heart? Yes. Okay. Confess now with your mouth. Jesus is Lord. Woo! Hallelujah. Praise God. Jesus is alive. Praise the Lord. <laughs> That's how it works. And look, it's how it works for your salvation. And not only does it work on your salvation, that's how you got tied into eternal life. That's how you got your sins washed away. That's how you got pulled into the family of God. That's how it all unfolded. Look, if it worked for the primary thing of your life, which was your salvation, there's nothing else more important than that. If it worked for that, you just work it the same way for everything else. Vision. And then confess. Believe it in your heart. You've got the vision. Yep. Yep. I believe it. I'm going to do this. Okay. Then speak it. Confess it with your mouth. Confess it. And then you have, begin to have salvation in every area of your life. Not just, not just born again, which is most important of, of, of all, but have, have salvation in every area of your life. In your finances. Praise God, Jehovah Jireh is my provider. My guts shall supply all of my need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Oh, Pastor Stephen, you shouldn't say that. You don't know what God will do. He'll do what He says He'll do. If you believe it and don't doubt it, well, I believe. Well, good. Start, start speaking it then. Because if you talk, and you believe, and you talk lack and insufficiency, that will be your experience. And you'll always be in lack. Well, I, I, don't, I don't know if I can confess, Pastor Stephen, that God wants me to be blessed. Well, if you can't speak that, then you're going to suffer a very mediocre or a very defeated life. Because you're going to have whatever your confession is. And if it's a confession that's like of weakness, of inability, of your, you know, all of this stuff, like, I, I, I just don't have enough. Well, then that's what you're going to have. But when you speak in agreement with the Word, you believe in your heart, you see that vision, and you see what Jesus has done for you. I mean, Galatians chapter 3 verse 13 tells you that when Jesus Christ went to the cross and died for you at the cross of Calvary, that through that act, He tied you 
into the blessings of Abraham. And the very blessing on, that came on Abraham's life through a covenant promise that made him rich with cattle and silver and gold that prospered him. That when you be became a Christian, that very blessing came on you in Christ. Well, I don't know if I believe that. Well, then you don't believe the Bible. You don't believe the new covenant. Because that's the ABCs of the new covenant. And you're tied into that. Hallelujah. Now, believe it. Well, I think I believe it. Well, good. Confess it. Confess it. That the blessing of Abraham is now on my life in Christ. Woo. Hallelujah. Therefore, I have a right to riches. Praise God. And don't forget, Abraham was a tither. <laughs> Woo. Glory to God. So, you know, work the Word. Work the Word and watch it work for you. Praise God. Heavenly Father, I'm praying for those right now. You've given vision. And some of them have been hesitant to, to, to make it concrete. And some have been very timid and shy to speak it out. So, Father God, just let them get shaken loose today with the spirit of faith at the spirit of boldness that they will say yes I see it this thing will be done in my life and I call it forth in the name of Jesus and and father let that spirit of faith touch their hearts now in the name of Jesus father we give you praise in Jesus name so visualize it the moment you add vision you've added value to that thing that God's going to do in your life, and that, that thing that you're believing God to do. And now speak. That's one of those mysteries behind the release of creative power. Speak it. Speak it. If you can't speak it, you can't have it. If you can't speak it, you're not entitled to it. You must speak it. Praise God. Woo! Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, we give you praise. Let's take holy communion today. Praise the Lord. Vision adds value to everything. The vision to see that I can restore this and make it beautiful. The vision to see that I can give this a new paint job and it'll look better than it was when it was new. Who? Hallelujah. Mm, glory to God. Glory to God. The reign of the Spirit, revelations falling on your mind, on your understanding right now of what you can envision. You're, you're even seeing things that you can, you can begin to relate, release creative power into. And watch it get completed. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the bread and the juice. We consecrate it. It is now set apart and holy. Father, we thank you this is now the, the body of Jesus and the blood of Jesus. Father, we proclaim His death until He comes. We thank You that there's life in Christ, life in the cross. Hallelujah. <laughs> Father, we thank You that Your life is flowing into us. We thank You for Your Holy Spirit quickening our minds, our understandings. We thank You, Father God, that, that in Your realm there is no defeat. We thank You for victory in every area of our life. And we thank You for bringing the most wonderful desires of our heart to pass. We thank you, Father, for very crystal clear vision and value being instantly added to those visions. Father, we give you praise. We receive the body of Jesus now. Let's partake together. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. 
It's sin cleansing power. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. We receive it with great joy and thanksgiving. Thank you for the forgiveness of all of our sins. Wash them all away. We thank you, Father God. And we forgive anybody who sinned against us. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's receive the blood of Jesus. Praise the Lord. My friends, visualize and then make some declarations and stay on it, and you will see those mighty manifestations. Thank you for watching today. Have a wonderful day. I'll see you back 